When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome back to Courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always Courtside with his box of popcorn, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, so nice to be back with you on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network for some more Courtside. Yeah, it's great to be back. It, it's it's a lull right now uh, in, in our basketball lives, which is I mean, it's it's kind of driven me a little stir crazy. I don't know about you. Like, I yes. I love college football, but I don't have a lot to do during the week, so I'm just sitting around, doing nothing, watching That's shows. Hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You know, they've they've shown a lot of games on you know NBA TV, mm-hmm. so you know a lot of the playoffs and all that. So I find myself always you know oh, searching yeah. around for something, and I always end up watching some hoops so yeah i'm glad they they rerun all those games so that's that's a save right there and then keeping up with the news in the league and stuff like that is, is always fun as well so you know it's all hoops all the time there's always a way to find it so yeah. it's hard it's hard not to have any live games but at least there are some uh there's a, some form of hoops on tv so that's that's good for me keeps me going yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I, and like, I've been looking now I've been getting into kind of like watching what I missed from last year oh, in, yeah. in college in women's college basketball, you know, I'm watching some mid-major players um, that I want to look out for this year. Right. Um, but I've also like been watching the news because, you know, it's kind of an important time right now. So we want to remind you guys to get out to vote. Yes. Uh, don't, don't forget. I mean, early voting, it's not going to be early much longer. No, <laughs> you hurry less than a week, less than a week before uh, the last day to vote. Um, if you're holding on to mail-in ballots, don't 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 mail them. Yeah. Go make sure you drop them off in the drop Dropbox. Them. Go do uh, early vote. Um, check your state's laws because uh, I think a lot of states at this point will not, um, not will not, but may not accept right. your ballot if it's sent in uh, in the vote by mail. Yeah. 
Yeah, nothing, nothing left up to chance, you know, get the job done, get out there and, and do it. Um, I've always voted, but as we were chatting before we started airing mm -hmm. courtside tonight, hey, I, you know, this is my first early vote and I felt so good. You know, I was mm -hmm. emotional going in, you know, because of all of the, the strife and the drama and black women not being able to vote until 1965. Um, and then all that, just, you know, all the history of, of the, the fight to get in the door. And there we were right in line there. I was with my 18 year old, our oldest son, Jerome Jr. And, you know, I got crazy emotional, you know, I wasn't like boohoo crying, but mm -hmm. I was just, I was feeling the impact of that moment. And it was palpable. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Not that I wanted to, but I was just like, wow, like, here we go. We're, we're in. You know, that's what I told him as soon as we got in the door. I was like, we're in. And, mm -hmm. you know, they applauded him for being a first-time voter. This is his first presidential election. So they all said, hey, we have a first-time voter. And for the fight to be what it was, for people of color to get in the door to vote, and then to have him be celebrated like that, Gabe, mm -hmm. I was, the yeah, tears were falling at that point. Uh, I was like, wow, this is like full circle, but still a long way to go, but quite a moment. And, and leaving out of, of the early voting um, polling place where we were here in Virginia, um, you know, I, I was like on cloud nine and, and <laughs> hey, hey, Tosh Cloud, but that wasn't a shout out for her, but still <laughs> I had to say what's up to her. But I, I was, you know, I was elated. I was giddy almost, like just to know that I did my part. And, you know, you hate to say whatever happens, happens because you want what what you want to happen but yeah. at the same time i felt really good about being responsible watching my son be responsible and exercising our right and mm -hmm. the ability to exercise the right and for him to be applauded for that it, it just did something to me oh so it's it's um that's what voting does right like it, it makes you feel it, it's some time for me at least when i feel i'm the most a part of my country um that i'm having an, an impact directly because yes. yes. there's so many things we do on a daily basis that sometimes we don't even notice that impact our nation as a whole right yep. but when you're voting it's that sort of direct impact and i agree i mean like there has been a long fight to get to this point where a lot of the country is eligible to vote but remember there's still a ton of people that are being disenfranchised currently um yep. and your vote should uh, vote for the people that are trying to rectify that rather than the ones who are not. Uh, because if you believe voting is important, um, you should know that there's a lot of people who are being disenfranchised and, yes. and will be disenfranchised on election day. You're gonna hear a lot about how long the lines are, how, how unfair the system is in terms of if you're in line and they will tell you not that you can't be in line. Right. But always remember, if you're in line to vote, you have you have the right to vote in this country. If anyone tells you to get out of line, you say no. I'm gonna stay here. That's right. Whatever happens from that point, you have the right to vote once you're in line before the deadline. So, Stand. but just that's right. But you know, it, the disen, disenfranchisement still happens. Um, yeah. and there's a lot of people in this country who don't have, who may have the nominal right to vote, but don't have the actual right to vote. Exactly. Um, but I want to vote on some on some WNBA stuff. <laughs> if you're down today. Absolutely. For it, Chrissy. I am. Um, so I have, I have a couple topics here. So we have, well, I remind people kind of what's on the ballot in your own state, right? Like <laughs> there's going to be, there's obviously the presidential election and right. when you're voting for 
a, a president and a vice president. Today, we're going to be voting on the best one-two punch in the WNBA, the, the supposed president and vice president of uh, these players' respective teams. We're going to be voting for Senate candidates, the best role players on these teams. And then we're going to be voting on some ballot initiatives for things that okay. we kind of want to see changed. So uh, we'll start. I have some music. Hey! Here. That's a mood. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> Remember when you used to hear the song and like not cringe in terror? Right. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with our presidential ticket candidates. Um, so I'm going to throw some out here and, and feel, feel free to add on. Um, cause I have, I have like five names here, but I'm, you know, feel free to write in your own candidates. Okay. Um, so one, one of one group, uh, one, uh, ticket that I think is worth voting for is Skylar Diggins Smith and Diana Taurasi from okay. the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, they were really solid all season long, but really once they got into the groove of playing with each other and, yeah. and they had to kind of step up their scoring without Brittany Griner and Bria Hartley. Yep. They took yep. their games to another level playing yeah. off each other. They both averaged over 20 points a game uh, over the last 10 games of the season. And, you know, they just they, – they played great basketball. And they showed people how much they have left in the tank. I thought Diana showed yeah. me personally what they had left in, what she had left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And Skylar showed me just how good she can still be after taking um, last year off yeah. to, to um, have, have her child and, and be with her child. Um, so what do you think of that ticket just generally? You don't have to give away your vote, but what do you, what do you think of uh, Skylar <laughs> and, and Diana? Well, first of all, you can't go wrong with those two. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. The walk-off triple by Skylar yep. Diggins-Smith is, is what I'm picturing. And then, you know, the performance that Diana Taurasi had while she was wearing Kobe's number on her mm-hmm. jersey, uh, you know, just, uh, what does she have? Seven threes. I mean, just yeah. a magnificent example of what it means to focus and what it means to be determined and purposeful. I mean, those two had it, those two had it. And in the face of adversity, you know, players kept dropping and you heard Diana Tarazi, you know, um, she was joking obviously, but she said, Hey, on Twitter, uh, just tell us who's available to come join us down here in the bubble. We need players were down mm-hmm. to six at one point, you know, they had, everybody was, uh, was banged up a little bit. So or not with the team. And I don't know, they just went through a crazy time. But I think like what you said, you know, that, that fueled them to be who they are. And, mm-hmm. and they're just, they're just superstars. They're just epic in terms of their mentality and approach to the game and, and the game of life, not just hoops. And I just think in, in those two realms, they are, they are at the top of the list for sure. Yeah. I think Diana's the presidential candidate here. For oh sure. yeah. 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 No, no shade to Skylar, obviously. We no, no love. shade. No, but. I just think, yeah, it just that's just how, how it goes. And I think, I, I mean, maybe we could ask Skylar, but I would <laughs> think she would agree as well. You know what I'm saying? It's like she's, I mean, people are, are you know, there are shirts that have Diana on, on them as the goat. I mean, she, she's been the face of the league in a lot of ways, uh, you know, with only one MVP. But still when you say who 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 are the top players in the league she's in that mix and she will always be in that mix I mean even after she decides to retire like her name will always be mentioned 
at the top of the list of the best to ever do it. So I, I think Skylar would uh, go ahead and give her her roses on that and, <laughs> and say, yeah, I'll be the vice president. You got it. I'm, I'm right with you, just like uh, they did in the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think Skylar would say we're, we're going to pass it off. You know, it's a fluid <laughs> it's a fluid presidential right. That's um, right. time. So uh, my next candidates here, my next ticket uh, would be Candace Parker as mm-hmm. president, Neka Agumake as vice president i think their their best pitch their best campaign um point would be rebounding because kansas Ah. parker grabbed 9.7 rebounds over the season neka gumike grabbed almost five she also dealt with some injuries and some other things that kind of limited that number um but they both were close to 15 points a game kansas obviously won defensive player of the year so those two to me as a one-two punch play great together because you want Candace out in space. You want Candace to be your big that kind of brings the ball up, does those modern big things. And then NECA is for, she can be your, your sort of traditional big. She can post up, she can bang with the centers down low, but she can also hit threes and she's growing her game exponentially every year. So what do you think of those two? I love those two. Um, I mean, Chelsea Gray is is giving me the side eye. I feel her, uh, but I she's I Secretary do. of State. She's I like that. State. All right, yeah. give her a role as long as she has she's a role. She's got a cabinet there. position. <laughs> Good, I like that. But I think with with Candace and Neca, I would almost say Neca as as president only because she's the president of the WMBPA, and <laughs> she already she's already kind of you know she's kind of in that role already. So I think it would be an easy transition for her. But I just, I love the voices of both of these dynamic young mm-hmm. women who, um, you know, with, with Candace Parker just being the quadruple double with her responsibilities in the bubble as a mom, as a analyst and as a player on the team and, you know, just a leader as well. You see her, mm-hmm. you know, taking players under the arm and walking with them. And, you know, Brittany Sykes, I think I am visualizing in that moment where she's just talking her up and, and teaching her a little bit, letting her know, I know what's what with the system in LA. But I, I just, I love NECA. I love NECA as, as the president because, you know, I, I can, I feel for Candace and I, I kind of relate to Candace because, you know, I'm super passionate about a lot of things and yeah. I'm, I'm super uh, animated a lot of ways, um, you know, with, with what I say and what I do. But I think with, with NECA, she's always like a duck on the water. Like you see, she's very yes. poised on top, but she's getting the work done underneath. You know what I mean? I just think. Oh, she's I, I definitely, I, tr- I trust NECA as like the actual president of the United <laughs> States, frankly. I just, you know, I, I can it. really see, I can really see NECA becoming like a, I don't know if she wants to be a politician, but some sort of oh, yeah. in, in in or around politics when she um, when she hangs him up. Yeah, I think for she's, sure. She Tina uh, Tina Charles, who's already doing community organizing she at a is. at a really high level um, here in, in DC, uh, and something that makes I know it, it makes you proud, it makes me proud. It's beautiful to be a fan of a team that she that she does her work for. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I would definitely trust NECA to be the actual president right. of, of the United States. Yeah, I like, to, <laughs> I like to flip it. I think they're both capable of, of yeah. doing it, but I just think the, you know, the poise and uh, of the leadership that NECA brings to the table is, is something that, that's just a little bit different and that she's already, you know, doing 
mm-hmm. she's doing as the president of the Players Association. I, I like that as well. Candace definitely capable. That's my girl. I love her. And uh, she could definitely be the president as well. But there's just something about NECA that I just want to put her as, as the president and Candace as the vice. You know, if we're going with this whole metaphor, I think, I think I'd probably run Candace just for her. She has more name recognition and she's more popular and she gets us some, uh, some different swing states, right? She's very popular in Tennessee. Okay. Um, yep, yep. So yeah, sorry. They do, just doing the politics of it. I probably ruined Candace. <laughs> there you go. Uh, right. But let's move on to our, another candidate for the best one-two punch in the WNBA. Okay. Uh, Asia Wilson and Angel McCautry. Those two players took the Las Vegas Aces to the finals. Uh, Asia MVP season, not much more needs to be said. She was amazing right. on both ends of the court. Uh, right. I actually think she was so good on offense that took away from a lot of people seeing what she did on defense because mm-hmm. she was tremendous on the defensive end. Yep. Similarly, I think Angel's um, Angel really stepped up her defensive game in Las Vegas and and played really well offensively. And they her minutes were limited. If her minutes were not limited, you know, we're talking about a player who could have easily made all WNBA first oh, sure. play twenty minutes a game and have fourteen right. points per game in those. Right. So. Um, Thoughts on them as a as a one two punch. Man, I tell you what, in the in the absence of Kelsey Plum and the absence of Elizabeth Cambage and those guys, they were supposed to be the one two punch. And without them there, Angel McCautry and, and Asia Wilson, I think they fit the bill. And I, I love that. I love the one two punch that they presented. It was tough, especially uh in the playoffs, just to be able to you know, contain Angel. She got on those streaks where, what did she score? Like 10 or 12 points in a row at one point mm-hmm. in a game and just got loose. Um, and just the leadership that she presents as well. I mean, an Olympian, a gold medalist, uh, two times over. I just think for for her leadership alone and how she had to really change her game a little bit um, after missing last season, coming back after her ACL injury the, the season before, at the end of the season before, I just think she had to she had to kind of reevaluate and also reform who she was as a player. And I think Bill Ambeer said that, and and she said it as well. She said, you know, the game slowed down for me in terms of not always having to do every single thing, right? right? And I think you know you really saw that. Um, you really saw her exhale as a player and just kind of go with the flow. And she was fantastic. No, yeah, she was. And, and I, I do want to give her a lot of credit for what she did on the defensive mm-hmm. end because she has not always been um, the best defensive player in terms of, you know, just, just being able to play and not foul. And this year she did great at that. And she was not in foul trouble as often as she has been. Um, yeah, she was so great out. off the ball. She's a great – she yes. had great steals, though. She was in tops in yes. steals in the league. So, I mean, on ball, okay, I, I see what you're saying, all right. But off the ball, in the gaps – getting steals and scores. Oh yeah. The best in the league. I'm not even joking. Yeah. I don't care how old she ever gets like Angel McCautry in the gap. You better not throw it her way or she's getting that she's outside hand it. and she's gone and she's up the floor. But, uh, she, but yeah, yeah, she did stay out of foul trouble and that was important, especially yeah. this year for, for Vegas. Yeah. I think, I think she, um, she, she was part of a great defense. So I think she, uh, she really stepped up her game to do that. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on to the team that beat the Las Vegas Aces in the uh, WNBA finals. So I have my presidential candidate in right. Brianna Stewart. 
okay. who second place in MVP voting, finals MVP, had one of the best playoff runs you'll ever see. And I was going to say Sue Bird is my, my VP, but I don't know. It's really <laughs> hard to pick. It it's, is. It comes down to probably, I mean, because you can make a case for Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard, but I'd, I'd say those, I'd put them more in the, on, the, on the role player side, so right. to speak. Right. Um, but, like, Jewel Lloyd averaged 15 points a game this year. It was tremendous when it came to the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I, is, is Stewie and Sue Bird the one-two punch ticket from this team? Or would you say it's Stewie and Jewel Lloyd? Man, I love Jewel Lloyd. Listen. I do, too. Ooh. Man, I, it's hard to take her off of anybody's list for anything. Tell tell you that right now. I just think, uh, you know, for what Seattle was able to do in the playoffs with with Sue's 16 assists in that game, like, mm-hmm. and a lot of those went to Stewie. I would like to see what those numbers look like. Like, how many of those 16 assists actually went to to Brianna yeah. Stewart? I, I would say at least 10 of them. No lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got to go with Sue. Right. Yeah. And Stewie, and, and you know, like I was saying, Chelsea Gray's, I feel you side-eyeing me. I feel Jewel side-eyeing me a little bit. But I just think definitely a cabinet member, like you said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Secretary of State. Position. But, <laughs> right? But I think the one-two punch, I mean, it definitely has to be Bird and Stewart. And I know, you know, last year they didn't play, but the previous season in 2018 when they won the championship in um, – in three games against the Washington Mystics, you know, it, it was the same thing. You know, they were finding each other. I know uh, Natasha Howard was a big um, key piece in that series, but I just think that, you know, the way that they read and react with one another on the floor with Bird and Stewie like that, this, just the chemistry and the flow that they have, it's tough to to take either one of them out of the one-two punch scenario. I, I just have yeah. to go with them. Um, I know it was over. What did I say on one of the earlier podcasts? I think it was what they connected on uh, 246 points or something like that mm-hmm. in 2018 um, with Bird finding Stewie and in, in assist situations. I, you know, that I don't know if there's a better duo than those two. Uh, I, they're up especially there. This yeah, especially this season. And I think it, there's a lot to be said for the chemistry and the consistency. Right. There are a lot of one, two, great one, two punches across the board in the WNBA. But I just think on on a stability factor and a consistency, efficiency factor, I, I just think those two are at the top right now of their game. And Sue just turned 40 last week or whatever, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, that that in and of itself, you know, keeps her on that list as well. I mean, just to be able to do what she's doing and and sustaining her ability to do it well is commendable to say the least she is uh what what i really love about sue is like so i went back and i watched her 2004 finals for my oh yeah for my newsletter and it was just like this is the same player she's (laughs) she's the same this was 16 years ago and she's doing the same thing she just keeps the offense moving keeps it in form keeps it on schedule you know when it when you need to when you need to push the ball Sue's going to push the ball when you need to bring the ball back Sue's going to bring it's just like she has so much knowledge of the game that it, it's impossible to not play well when she's healthy and and she's on the court with you cuz she she first off makes sure everyone's in line on court and if you're open and if you're if you're doing the right thing she'll get you the ball 
Right. And then it's that confidence that you get from Sue Bird putting the ball perfectly in your shooter's pocket, right? I mean, all you have to do is catch and shoot. I mean, I would have loved to play with Sue Bird, man. I'm telling you, just stay ready. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing with, with Sue Bird, when you're on the floor with her, I mean, Jewel Lloyd knows too. I mean, she's, she streaks to the basket. As long as she's moving off the ball, Sue Bird is going to find you. And, you know, she knows how to get you in your sweet spot. She knows where you like the basketball. And I think that's, that's what you really have to appreciate about who Sue Bird is as a player. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I was going to say that was my ballot, but I forgot someone. I forgot two people. Um, on the verge of being disrespectful, capital CT. Uh oh, here we um, go. <laughs> I, I want to put on. I want to put Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas. Yep. On my best. On my list of best one-two punches here, because At first off played at an MVP level mm-hmm. in the playoffs. She to me was a playoff MVP. She was the best player in the playoffs. Um, I think she took her team to a new height. She yep. did everything for that team, even when she got hurt. I mean, just just warrior. In every aspect, like I, one, I think one of the players that I would start a franchise with if I could in the WNBA is Alyssa Thomas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's great on the court, but I think just her attitude kind of permeates the whole organization. And then Dewana yeah. Bonner, all she did this year was average 19.7 <laughs> points per game, Correct. 7.8 rebounds, three assists, 1.7 steals, a half a block a game, like 42% from the field's not that bad. Her three-point percentage was not good, but whatever. Um, but she can hit him. You better not leave her. You better not you leave can't her. Leave her. <laughs> you can't leave her. And she and she brought uh, a lot of form. I know she struggled in the playoffs, but you know this, she she had a really tough matchup uh, against Vegas in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think those two are up on this list as well. They played their way up on this list. Yeah, no doubt. And when you're talking about Alyssa Thomas and and who she is. Uh, as a as a mentally tough pro, I mean, she showed it a thousand percent night in, night out, you know, like you said, playing through her shoulder situation. And I mean, they said that they could hear her screaming in the back when mm-hmm. they had to put it in place down there in the bubble. Come on, man. And then she came right back out and played the next game. I Listen, that that's a sign. And sometimes people are like, oh, if you're hurt, you know, don't do that. But listen, if you know Alyssa Thomas, you know that she, if she has a sliver of, mm-hmm. of health, she's going to play through whatever kind of pain um, was presented by her body. And for her not to make an all-league team, I think is just ridiculous. Um, I had her on there. I'm a voter. I, I was shocked that she didn't make first or second team all-league mm-hmm. um, just with uh, how well she played all season. And to know, and to know that she wasn't 100% in terms of her shoulder health and, um, you know, throughout the season. So, I, hey, I, I will always tip my hat to her, and it's not a Maryland thing. I don't care where mm-hmm. I went to school. Like, that, she can flat-out play. And she is the A-train. That's what I called her when she was at Maryland, when I was calling her games mm-hmm. as a collegiate player. Um, they called her Baby Braun and all that because you're not going to get in front of her when she's downhill. Like, no. that's a wrap. I'm not. No. Listen. You, listen, you got to close your – if you do, close your eyes and take the hit. You know you're the one that's going to be on the ground, mm. not her. So think about it. But anyway, <laughs> but with, with Bonner too, I mean, you know, a new system for her. I remember Kurt Miller at the beginning of the year, he said, you know, she's trying to just get acclimated to where she fits in with our system 
and our players. And it didn't take her long. I mean, I think it took her a handful of games at the beginning. You know, they started out 0 for 5 in games and, and then 1 for 6, you know, slow out of the gates. But I think a lot of that had to do with chemistry and rhythm. But mm-hmm. once Connecticut got that, oh, my gosh, nobody wanted to see them, you know. Nobody wanted yeah. to see them late in the season because they picked up some momentum. They had that rhythm, and they were knocking in shots. You know, Jazz Thomas got going offensively, you know, down the stretch, had those big games, had that one huge game at 30-plus. So I just think with with um, with Alyssa Thomas still upside, I think she could still, you know, come, going into the 2021 season – I think she definitely has to be on the list, not just for all league, but as you said, as a player who could be an MVP in the league. I mean, I don't see why not. Like, what keeps her out of that mix? What keeps her out of that mix? I mean, they went to the finals last year. They didn't have JJ this year. Had a new piece in Bonner this season. Didn't have Courtney Williams this year. I mean, just a lot of different factors, but they were still able to manifest uh, a great energy and great momentum down the stretch of the season. So, a lot of that has to be uh, credited to Alyssa Thomas, obviously Kurt Miller, but a credit to Alyssa Thomas, you know, respect mm-hmm. her. Like, I don't understand why there's, there's a disrespect and why she's uh, left off the list. I don't get it. Like explain. Uh, I like to just know why, like just yeah. why, why was she off? Why was she not on the list? Either one, like, come on. And I know it's I not could, easy. I could get the argument that she should, she may not ever win an MVP because she's not, she's not going to be the, the, highest score on the team that's just not what, mm-hmm. that's not how she plays that's not how she wants to play she'd rather be finding people she'd rather be you know giving a lot more energy on defense mm-hmm. but to not have her on all on the all WNBA team wow. for me she was first team I don't understand it I just don't um yeah. so hey everyone's in, like we're doing here in our voting <laughs> everyone's entitled to their vote some votes are dumber than others though <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> You're yeah. entitled to your vote, but I'm entitled to tell you that your vote is dumb. Also, yeah. I love, I saw on Twitter somewhere, someone was like, oh, Alyssa Thomas can take some time off from basketball. And I was like, she's not going to do that. And then the next Why? day she shows up playing for Prague um, yeah. out there for you. Yeah, for all US the players. Capo. I mean, just to see all oh, the yeah. updates from overseas, from all the players in the league. I mean, they're, they're the only professional league, Gabe, who, who plays year-round, like with barely any stops. And I remember Tarasi saying early on, like, you know, she had two weeks off. She was, I think, in her seventh or eighth year in the league and took that season off. She had some injuries, you know, and um, she was playing in Russia. And mm-hmm. she said, um, somebody asked me, you know, how much time you take off? And she said, two weeks. And they were like, oh, two weeks this season, like in between? She said, no, total. In the past seven, eight years, I've had a total of two weeks, I'm air quoting, off, right? So come on. These, these players sacrifice for the love of the game, time in and time out, and mm-hmm. it doesn't get mentioned enough, you know, the sacrifices that uh, they go through physically and mentally. You're going to be away. There's a pandemic going on. You know, there's a lot happening, but they are sacrificing that time away from their families again. You know, they were down in that bubble, isolated from their families, and they probably go home for a day or two, mm-hmm. hug and kiss their family, hop on a plane and go overseas and play for another, you know, several months in a row. And, you know, it doesn't get talked about enough. And I don't know if other leagues would be able to do that, you know, have the players mm-hmm. who would agree, number one, to do that. 
and be away like that. And uh, I just, I just love what the WNBA stands for, number one, but just to see the sacrifice that these women go through year after year and just like clockwork, you know, you know, they're just out the door again and on a plane and we don't give them their roses. And, you know, I, I just think they deserve that. And it's, it's just very necessary to continue to keep that narrative open and let people know like exactly what they're doing. It's like, they're not just sitting at home right now waiting for the spring and the draft and like everything else to, to uh, tip off again next May. They're playing. Yeah. They're going through and you it. should, and more importantly, you should know about this so you can go watch them play. Exactly. You can watch most of these games on YouTube. It's awesome. Yep. yep. I was watching, I was watching Erica Wheeler play this morning at like, it was at like 8 a.m. I loved it. Right? It was amazing. Yeah. I forgot. You know, I did say we were in a lull of basketball until I remember that EuroLeague had just started. <laughs> you can find um, some games now. There's some, there's some games. Yeah. There is. Um, and you can uh, – so Windsider has a really good tracker to keep track of who's, who's um, playing overseas. And then, you, you, yeah, you follow, follow your people on Twitter. I'm sure they'll be talking about it. So that, that's my ballot. So I have Candace Parker, Neka Agumake, Sue Bird, and Brianna Stewart. A Asia Wilson, Angel McCautry, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Diana Taurasi, and Dewana Bonner, and uh, Alyssa Thomas for my best one-two punch in the league. Do you, before we vote, do you have any writing candidates that you want to put on this list? I can think Absolutely. of one. Absolutely. I, I have to go with, with the Mystics. I got to throw them yeah. in there. Uh, I got to get a one-two punch. And, okay, they didn't play this year. It's hard to pick a one-two. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'm going with Cloud and Deladon, man. Like, yeah. come on. I got to go cloud as the okay. president because she's already, she's the president yes. out here, you know, and Della Don, you know, I could see her, you know, right there with her rolling through mm -hmm. it. So I gotta, I gotta throw them in there. Yeah. <laughs> just for, just for DC's sake. <laughs> I, I actually put, I wrote down Tina and uh, Elaine uh -huh. Della Don, but you know, okay. that, that is a little weird because they haven't actually played together and technically Tina's on the contract, although I think most the team and her and everyone is assuming that she'll be back. Absolutely. Um, but I'm really excited. I don't, I don't think people realize how much better Natasha Cloud has gotten mm -hmm. year in, year out. And I was really expecting her this year to kind of really take that next step right. into being one of, one of those elite point guards in this league. Mm -hmm. And obviously she sat out the year for, for some very valid reasons, but Right. I'm right. excited for I'm excited for next year when we can see the elite yeah. Natasha Cloud. Elite Natasha I Cloud, wait. I think, is coming. She uh, is. She's hungry. She's ready to go. So who who's your vote? Who's your vote? Who's our pre on our presidential best one two punch in WNBA? Who is your vote? Christy Winters uh, Scott. Man. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with NECA. I'm gonna go okay. with NECA Gumake. And NECA and Candace. I didn't Candace. I just think that, you know, her, I think her role of being the president of the players association in the WNBA, I think that that's what I keep picturing. So yeah. I can't, I feel like I can't like in our metaphor voting for a presidential. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I just have to go with her on that. NECA, you get it, baby. NECA. Go uh, <laughs> so I think my, my vote's really tough. I don't know because I want to vote for Stewie and Sue, but then I think about uh, it and I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know who's the actual like, because it has to be one, two. So it's your top right. two players. Right. I'm not sure if I, I can't pick like a top two players necessarily from Seattle. Right. I really love what Asia and Angel did this season, but 
I think I'm going with Skylar Diggins Smith and Diana Taurasi. Oh, wow. Okay. I love what they did late in the season. I think they took a team, um, they elevated their team to a point that the other people on this list didn't. And that's not a shade to anybody else. It's just what they did. They took, they took a team that um, had to grow and they helped it grow, especially right. in, in the form of Brianna Turner, uh, Shea Petty, our, our girl Shea Petty, um, <laughs> and, and, and made that team believe in themselves Right. in a way that I think is, uh, is very impressive. So yeah. I'm going to go with Skylar Dickensmith and Diana Taurasi as my, okay. my, my best one-two punch in the <laughs> WNBA. Like uh, let us know what you guys think on Twitter, at, at HerHoopStats, at Gabe Ibrahim on Twitter for me. Um, what about you, Christy? What, what's your, uh, where can the people find you? It is at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-W, Scott, 5-1. On both Twitter and IG, find me on yes. those. <laughs> yeah, yes. and let, let us it, know. Let us know I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Who's your Who's your president and vice president? <laughs> so let's move over to uh, your Senate candidates or, or whatever whatever is on your ballot. I mean, personally, I had to, I voted for some Senate candidates. You may be voting for your House representatives. You may be voting for your school board members, you may be voting for your city councilors. All those things are very, very, very important. Right. If you have any questions about local government, you can also hit me up on Twitter. I worked in several <laughs> local governments and I really go. like talking about land use. Um, but in our, in our metaphor here, the Santa candidates are the best right. role players in the league. Before we start, what's a, what's a role player? Okay. I would say a role player enhances what the team does in a selfless manner they know their role they star in their role and they are tremendously efficient and consistent with what they bring to the table period okay. that's that's a role player to me yeah. yes yeah i think i think um i don't know i mean like to a certain extent like not just not being the star right not being yeah. the, the the focal point necessarily of the offense is what makes you a role player. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's hard to say in today's offenses because so many teams like the Mystics and the Storm, you know, you have, you have players that at any given moment, someone else is the focal point um, because right. of how they run their offenses. But we'll, we'll go with our definitions. I think that's fine. Um, so I have a couple players here that I think uh, apply. So I have um, Alicia Clark, who okay. – I think to me, that is the definition of a role player, of a great yep. role player. Yep. She does everything for the team. She spots up from three. She can, take, she can post smaller people um, when, when needed. When she's on defense, she is the best defensive player possibly in the league, in my humble opinion. I think she's the best defensive player in the league mm -hmm. because she just absolutely wrecks whatever you are doing. And it's to the point that you can't even think about, you know, throwing the ball to her, to her side. Right, right. Um, so – uh, Alicia Clark is there. Do you, do you agree that she's a role player? And what do you think of her candidacy? Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, I love that she's a role player. I think, you know, sixth player of the year. I think she could definitely be that pretty much every season that she yeah. ever plays in the league. Um, but I just, I love what she does defensively even yeah. more so. And I know, you know, role players are sometimes defined by what they do on the offensive end, but I really think that Clark's ability to defend multiple positions, uh, I think that really affords uh, more value to her role on the team. And mm -hmm. 
You know, it's not just about, can you get me a bucket? I think you have to look at Clark and say, can you get me a stop? And yes, ma'am, she can, yes, she can. Um, on, on consecutive possessions. So I just think when you have a player like Alicia Clark, who has not only uh, embraced her role, but excelled in her role and for her team to win the championship, they don't do that without her on the floor. They, they would not have done that without her on the floor all season long. So I just think that she has um, just a knack to get to the glass. And, and like I said, being able to, to guard uh, multiple positions on the floor, whether they're a little bit bigger, whether they're a little bit quicker uh, on the perimeter, you know, I just think it doesn't matter for her. She is just that smart and witty on the defensive end with her decisions that she makes and her ability to be one of the top defenders and stay out of foul trouble. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just tremendous in terms of her, her basketball acumen and uh, her ability to, to understand her role and, and want to be that for the mm -hmm. team. Sometimes, you know, it's an ego thing. You know, I don't want to have that role, right? I want to be the one they're talking about all the time. But, you know, there's some um, respect that is due to players who, who know what they can do and they fall into line with what the team needs. Yeah. And I think that's Clark. She unlocks everything they do. That that's what's most impressive to me. Is she is she's not necessarily the 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 thing that you know they're doing, but whatever they're doing has requires Alicia Clark. Um, right. I but think she's, she's a wildly she is a bucket. Yeah. She's still but bucket. you but you forget that she led the, the country in scoring in college. Mm -hmm. Like don't forget, yeah. like she twenty eight a game. Like it's not like, oh, she can't score, she's just this tremendous defender. No, no. Like she's taking a bite out of her yeah. offensive ego and falling in line. That's the beauty of her game. That's what I'm talking about. Like she can flat out uh, score the ball. Don't forget. She can. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, I love an Alicia Clark post stuff. I think on Twitter, on Twitter, <laughs> that's the thing that the, our, the Twitter nerds like me, like we'll go crazy over an Alicia Clark post stuff. If it happens, we're like, Oh yes, we right? love to see this. Got um, all right. So I have two other candidates. Derica okay. Hamby, our sixth woman of the year. Mm-hmm. I think she, I mean, that, that's a role player. I do. Obviously she was, she played the third most minutes on Las Vegas, but that doesn't matter. She's still a right. role player in that. Um, she kind of does a lot of the things that Alicia Clark does. She plugs a lot of the holes on defense. She uh, can provide a lot of offense, whether she's doing it on her own or whether she's coming off other people's game. I think she, mm -hmm. uh, she really proved herself yet again this season as one of the best role players in the league. All right, I'm going to give you the last one, though, yeah, because we're, no we're running long. I got um, you. Okay. Brittany Sykes, I think she really yeah. did a great job uh, this season. Um, I, I think she's – so I think people love to look at the steals and, and the big blocks that she has. But I think what she did to me to take a step forward this year was really just playing solid defense. That's what yes. I want from Brittany Sykes sometimes. I want you yes. to play solid defense. Like, just do – the things that you need to do. And as she's maturing and growing as a player, I think that's what you're seeing from her. And then offensively, she's still providing that really athletic spark. And I think um, she'll get, she'll get better also in that aspect as she grow as she gets, you know, more mature as a player. But I just really love defensively. Like she just did solid things. Yeah. So, I, I love her. Yeah. Great energy and shot blocker as a guard. It was like, that was that was awesome to see that as well coming yeah, out of nowhere yeah. and throwing stuff. love a shot block <laughs> yeah we were we're from dc we got john wall here great shot block exactly well, I'm, I'm a heat i'm a heat fan d wade the greatest shot I, oh guard yeah in NBA we'll history. somebody down yeah oh yeah so so we we love a shot blocking guard so that's uh that's part of the reason why britney sykes is on this list so i think we i think we both know who we're voting for here uh, um 
Who who is your vote here for the best role player in the league? Man, I love Dierka Hamby. That is my love girl. Uh, I got to go with Clark, though. And I yeah. love Sykes, too. That's my baby, you know, from the Syracuse days and Hamby mm-hmm. from her Wake Forest days. I get it. But I, I've got to go with Clark just because uh, I just think that she is the most versatile of the three on the defensive end. And I think she, you know, she's really taken full hold of, of her, her role as a role player and, and what she needs to do for the team. And mm-hmm. I think if you're going to look in the dictionary for what a role player is, I think you flip the page and find a big fat picture of her right there. Like, yep. I just think that she is just the epitome of, of what you should tell younger players to, to watch. Mm-hmm. And then also tell them the story of how she averaged almost 30 a game in college. <laughs> and, yeah. and this is who she is now because this is what the team needs for her to be. And, you know, that, that tells the story right there. So it's Clark for me. I don't think she'd ever leave Seattle, but it'd be really interesting to see Clark leave Seattle. And, like, we'll mm. see if she – if I mean, because I think she could be a star player anywhere else, frankly. Yeah. I think she would, um, but I don't think she's going to – she loves that situation there. Um, yeah. Dierica Hamby, though, she'll be there. Because remember, Dierica Hamby – I mean, how old is Dierica Hamby? She's still really young. Yeah. Um, she's I young. think she, she – I mean, her in Asia. Yeah, so this mm-hmm. – uh, So right? she's 26 years old, and she is in her – this will be her – I'm going to pick it up right now. Yep, this is this was her fifth season. Oh, my gosh. Six. Six season in the league. Oh my wow. gosh! I don't know why I was thinking she was a little bit older than that. And no slight, not how she looked or anything, but I, I think it's just because I've known her for days. So yeah. yeah, so six year. Wow. Okay. So she, I think she'll. You know, you need time as a role player to kind of develop that reputation. And I think we're going to get there um, with Dierica Hamby. And I hope she just like starts next year. Like I got it. Like six women yeah, a year. Yeah, she's healthy. She's, yeah. Yeah. Also, yes. Yeah, so obviously she got hurt late in, uh, in the finals, but right. like, come on, just start her. Like she's <laughs> one of your best players. Like put her on the court bill. Um, right. Okay. Let's get, let's get to our ballot initiatives. Let's get to our ballot okay. initiatives. Um, okay. So these are things we'd want to see changed in the WNBA. And, and remember, on your ballot, when you go vote, you will have things on there to amend your state's constitution, say you what your city is going to s- spend money on. Um, in Virginia, there's two um, pretty big amendments where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really funny. I just want to mention this really quick. In Virginia, there's a yeah, amendment one. On. Amendment one is to create a, uh, a commission to draw district lines to supposedly avoid gerrymandering Um, however it doesn't it does include members of the general assembly who are politicians and typically when you have politicians involved it's going to be partisan but regardless that that's not important the funny part is is that the signs for this uh for for this amendment one one of them will say stop gerrymandering vote yes on one and then the sign directly next to it will say Stop gerrymandering. Vote no on one. Oh, no. Yeah. See? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we need better messaging here. To be clear. We're, yeah. Because it's very confusing. And, you know, I'm not, there's no, no judgment as to how you voted on Amendment 1. I, I don't think there's a – to me, it wasn't clear cut. And, obviously, it's really confusing. But yeah, just, it was. But those are the type of things you're going to run into on your ballot if you're going to vote 
on election day or after you hear this podcast. So make sure you read up on them. Yes. Uh, there's plenty, plenty of literature to find out what you're going to be voting on. What we're going to be voting on, though. So uh, I'm going to th- I'm going to th- throw you a couple. So first one, do you want a playoff series in the first two rounds of the WNBA playoffs? I'm going to say we we want a three game set in the first round, a three-game set in the second round, then we'll stick to the five-game set in the semifinals and the finals. Do you think that you would vote for that? I would vote yes for that. And okay. I, I love drama. So I want to see <laughs> I want to see who's going to come out on top. And I and, and you say, you know, you may be thinking right now, if you love drama, you love the, the single elimination. True. But at the same time, if someone's hurt, or something like yeah. that. I want everybody to get kind of a fair chance. I want to see all three games played and whoever's left standing after that moves on. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you just want to give everybody longevity in terms of making the playoffs. Like you made the playoffs, you can have an early exit with the single elimination, mm-hmm. like boom and done. Like, oh, wow, what happened? You know, like you made the playoffs, you worked hard for that position. Now let's earn your way to the next round, mm-hmm. okay? And then get three more games and then earn your way to the semis, right? Yep. And, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, the NBA would have it like that. You know, I like the single elimination. I, I like the, the drama of that moment. But let's stretch it out a little bit. Let's have drama three times over, you know, for the I first agree. two rounds. And then five games for the semis and the finals. Yeah, I'm sorry if uh, if we if you get a little lag from when Christy was talking. That was that's my internet. I don't know what's happening. We're just gonna roll with it. We're gonna continue talking about basketball. Oh, um, but, you're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's happening. What's that? Whatever. Um, it's all good. Hopefully, it sounds good. I'll listen to it later. Uh, the the uh, so the NBA actually did used to kind of do the same setup that the WNBA has, um, and then Kareem's Lakers lost one year, and the NBA was like, ooh. We're going to need to change that because <laughs> they See? need Kareem. Kareem's a big money getter. So they want to That's get more I'm games saying. out of him. So I, I they don't do it now. <laughs> I, I would vote for this as well. I think all your points are, I, I just want a little bit more. Just a little bit more playoffs. But we, you know, yeah. I forgot the timing, Drama. but you know, at the very least, give me a second round series. Uh, I get right. if you want to make the first round like a, a wild card. Um, but I, I would vote for yeah. that ballot initiative. Okay. The next one, Christy. Would you vote to expand the WNBA by two teams? That's tough. Like now, like today, today, yes. Or is this like yes. futuristic? <laughs> today, no, today. I, you know what? Today. I like it where it. <laughs> I like it where it is right now. Okay, and that's not to say mm-hmm. in you know less than five years expand it to two more games. I think there's there's so much more leverage now, marketing wise. I think you know the the eyes that were on the league this summer in the bubble, I think, I think that was great for, for marketing mm-hmm. players and the league, you know, and I went to vote, I had on my power of women shirt, you know, from the WNBA and I had a gentleman come up to me and say, Hey, you know what? I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I love what the NBA and WNBA stand for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that, you know, the, the visual, support that was gained this summer by the league I think was was very necessary but I think if you try to jump the gun and add two teams right now 
it might not be a good time for that. I just think that, you know, the NBA didn't add teams every, you know, very often yeah. either when they added the teams like Charlotte and Toronto and all these teams, I get that, but you know, they didn't do it quickly. They didn't do it, you know, rashly. They, you have to think things through. And I think most definitely there's enough uh, talent across the, the world, I was going to say yeah. across the United States, but across the world to fill another two teams in the WNBA, no doubt about that. But I just think right now, I think there's leverage to be gained. And then once you have that, that gain leveraged, then add two yeah. more teams in. And then after you gain more leverage after that, then continue to grow. But yeah. I think no for right now. Yeah. I agree. So you think though for right now, and I, I agree with that for right now. Now, our, our last, last one, one. Mm-hmm. as okay. my internet connection is continuing to be unstable. I keep getting a message saying my internet is unstable. Um, would you vote to increase the WNBA roster size from 12 to 15? So each team gets 15 players. Wow. I would like that. I think I'd for like right that. now, and I think with the new CBA, you know, where the the finances were increased and, and a lot of extras were, were given to to each team, I think that would be kind of more of a viable possibility than gain than adding two more teams. Mm-hmm. And and as we said, you know, there's definitely the talent base. You know, you could definitely fit more players on, you know, your team in terms of uh, their skill sets and what they're able to bring as pros. I would say yes to that one. I agree. I think I would say yes to that one too. And that gets us to a point where we're having more talent in the league, but we're not kind of um, bringing in new teams. When I think it's a bit too early. It's a bit too early. I agree with you. Um, okay. That is all my, my ballot initiatives. Chris, yeah. do you have any that you'd like to uh, propose? Oh man. No, I think I'm good. You, you did a great job with that, Gabe. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. I thought, about, I thought about today. I was like, oh, that's a good, that'll be fun. Um, so, you know, I think, I think we got, we have our president and vice president, our best one-two punch in WNBA. Um, we have our Senate candidates, which yeah. is Alicia Clark. Uh, and then we have our ballot initiative. So we're going to give, we're going to have a playoff series in uh, the first and second round. And we're going to have more roster spots. So I we have made it. real change today in <laughs> our fake world. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. All right. Hey, Gabe, you know, it is always a pleasure to sit courtside with you, my friend. And we look forward to catching up with you guys courtside on the next episode here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott for Gabe Ibrahim. We'll see you next time.